is the Woman's Warrior song, just a snippet of it, just to share um, and honor and respect um, all our female uh, warriors, our life givers. Um, it's always great to, it's always great to acknowledge our, our, our women. My name is Frances Bolton. And this is my final reflection for our CYC class 4467. Our reflection, I'd like to start, begin as a four and a half year old indigenous girl who lived in a small community in Kitimat village, a uh, population of 700. Then we relocated to um, Prince Hubert for a short while. And then we relocated to Vancouver by the time I was four and a half. And by the time we relocated to Vancouver, um, my mom had left. So there is an image of a young girl who's four and a half, five, uh, with big cheeks, dark brown skin, with long hair, um, with a, I don't know if you'd call it a rustled rope, a latchkey kid, where I would walk home with my younger sister, um, because my mom no longer lived with us and my dad was a fisherman, so I had extended uh, 10 uncles and aunts to take care of me. So I was one of those ch children parents who took care of their family, took care of the home, took care of the younger sibling. That is that moved about 10 times in my elementary years in Vancouver area. And <clears throat> when they say it takes a community to raise a child, um, up until the age of four and a half, five, that was my uh, glorious life that has helped me become who I am today. And that is a part of our culture and that is um, a basis of strength. Um, as a CYC practitioner, um, growing up with our family is one of the cultural aspects we have in our work with, uh, with immigrants um, and with other diverse groups that have um, family members raise the raise the the younger children my personality i am not one for podcasts however i've recently discovered that i get to talk and talk and i do not have to um wait for somebody's response or for somebody to interrupt my um, my ability to speak. I have a severe learning disability. However, when I was in elementary school, I was in the honor roll. So I am unsure how my brain became what it is. And so doing a podcast at age 51 is a pretty cool thing for this um, this mom of a 15-year-old and a 22-year-old is pretty hip and cool. This self-understanding is vital in our work as a CYC child and youth care practitioner working in this field for over 30 years already. I began at 30 years ago, 31 years ago, uh, at Langara's um, early childhood education program. 
because my goal was to become a principal. And in order to become a principal, I would need to be a teacher, an elementary teacher. And I didn't want to start there. I wanted to start um, before children came into the elementary field. And I did work with infants and toddlers for two years as well. So my practical experience for 30 years has been working in the field as an infant toddler worker, as a daycare worker, as a youth worker in varied varied jobs, a homeless shelter most recently, and with the Coquitlam and Vancouver School Districts for 23 years. That's that's my that's my life in a few minutes. And in regards to our weekly reflections, those, I don't know about anybody else, but those took a lot out of me because it was a lot of work to, um, to highlight uh, my reflections. Um, and I began and came in hard-nosed with the informed consent piece. I came in as a, um, as a collective response is probably more um of what um what I needed for this and to rather look at it um from an individual standpoint um informed consent is is totally relevant and totally important um and I did have um more of an understanding more of an understanding in the following weeks um, regarding informed consent and the the personal and cultural um, aspects that um, that 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 comes from and I use that um, in my work with my students especially um, especially with children and more often um, continually repeating it with my youth as they may forget and I want them to have an understanding that I am a safe person uh, that they can talk to and to be able to provide that space for for children and youth the silence and the space are two varied things, but they also um, walk along beside each other. Um, the silence and the space, and that's one thing that I have found most relevant in this in this course, especially uh, is the provision of space is so key. Um, and that silence is okay. Some may not be comfortable with it. I used to be uncomfortable with uh, silence and thinking that you had to fill the space with with anything, music, conversation. And I believe that that is a real growth because before I used to be uncomfortable with silence. I used to be uncomfortable with um providing space and upon reflection those are totally relevant in our field as a CYC practitioner child and youth practitioner that that is uh, really um, really important and also one of the things that has grown I had forgot to mention that I grew up as a preteen and graduated in the same space um, despite having had 10 uh, different home locations, 10 different schools. Um, 
I ended my grade 4 to 12 year um, residing in one place, which um, was totally rare for myself in uh, in my adult years. And um, But during that time, that, that provision of space, um, we lived in a co-op um, that had... 90% capacity of um, women who were LGBTQ, uh, uh, single moms. So from that standpoint, I had a relevant understanding, a normalcy, if you want to say, for uh, Two-Spirit and LGBTQ um, people which is totally come full circle, I guess you could say, in that in recent months, the past recent months, my 15-year-old son, um, I pulled out my CYC toolkit and, and had asked him, you know, um, what, what non-binary pronoun would you like to be called? And with providing space and having my tools, my daughter became my son, right, in that four-day weekend. And his name is still Yatalia because it uh, stems from the growth of my stepmom, who was Squamish, and that was part of her, half of her traditional uh, Squamish name. And his name is still Italia, but his second name is Italia France. In respect and honor of my grandmother, whom I had shared many, many stories with. When I say it takes a community to raise a child, my grandmother Frances um, was so significant in who I am uh, from her love since I was an infant. Getting back to uh, Two-Spirit and LGBTQ for my integration paper on exploration, I had read over 50 research papers because I just wanted to know more. I needed to know more. And I did learn and read in my research about um, about this uh, concept and from an American Indian ideology and from the Canadian standpoint um, the, our indigenous history of two-spirit and LGBTQ um, people um, and their story and their relevance in that um, they, their views of the world and their views of people are, are on a higher, more layered standpoint, uh, perspective than... Um, than us um, other people I'm not going to say normal people I'm going to say other people they, they, they have a gift of being able to see more and that's one thing I noticed about um, my son um, as I reflect on my personal history um, looking at photos and looking at stories um that my son is more aware of how um, he perceives people. And that's one of our indigenous um, beliefs is that, um, and I, I just love that, that, that they are like the, the seers of the world. They are the ones that are our teachers. They are the ones that are medicine people. They are the ones that are the helpers of our community. They are the ones that can speak for either side. And my son is transgendered, and I am so proud to see the smiles 
so many moments of the day now that we are in a um a covid um being at being at home i get to see so much more now than when i worked um 35 hours a week so on a personal reflection um i am i am a proud mom of two sons and as a CYC practitioner, those experience I had as a preteen, a teenager of uh, residing on Commercial Drive, it was it's a still a diverse uh, community of nationalities. It's also it was also and still is and continues to be a diverse um, community of genders. And this is where I choose to reside for, from that aspect as a parent, for my children to be able to witness um, how the world could, should, would be uh, in a safe space is what my choice is. Wow. My lived experience as a child and a youth was I was, to the best of my knowledge, I was physically and emotionally abused and I was physically physically neglected. I've seen in my CYC practice, I have seen uh, children who are the parents and that's what I was at the age of four to have five. My grandmother, um, my grandparents uh, were not a part of our life after that point um, until I was a teenager. So I understand when I um, am working with youth and mainly with youth who are the parents of the of the, the household due to addictions and due to neglect um, and those kinds of things and taking and putting aside um, younger Fran to be able to work with my clients is very very relevant and very important for me to take um, whatever my personal beliefs are and put them aside to be able to work with the family that I'm working with. And that is like one of those things that I've found is really important in the work as a CYC practitioner. I am not Florence Nightingale. I am not meant to be the hero of this story of the families that I work with in their story. Um, it is, it is, it is their I can help provide some tools, but sometimes that is hard. Um, I was going to mention um, grief and loss. That is also something that along in our culture is very important and from a strength-based I'd perspective I use the I use my CYC toolkit um, to use November as my month for grief and loss for myself uh, for my self-care I take um, November to um, remember and accept and take the time for those loved ones who have passed on today my great uncle passed away he turned 90 on saturday and he was talking with our family about um, he needs to pack his suitcase to be able to um to go home and so he he died this morning and i'm 
I've had a week to deal with this grief and loss. We all age, we all grow up, you know, we grow old and then it's time for us to move on. And and so the month of November is my month to do the grief and loss. Um, it um, walks alongside uh, Remembrance Day and it walks alongside uh, Indigenous Veterans Day, which is November 8th. So the whole month is a time when I um, use my toolkit to talk about death and to talk about grief and loss in the respect of um, how we could help our child, our family, uh, with this loss. I have um, worked with... Um, I have worked with Asian clients and and I had done this in November and the teacher and the, the student came up to me and he had a smile on his face and he goes, my mom died. He goes, I've, my dad won't let us talk about um, my mom and, and, and you helped me. He was, I believe he was eight. I was in an elementary school and I felt, I felt so grateful that um, like I said, I'm not, I'm not, I choose to not be seen as a hero, but just somebody to be able to help, um, help provide some space to be able to have grief, to be able to have loss. And I think I, I think I do that. I think I do that in a good way. Um, from my indigenous culture, I share um, that we do burnings, that we do food spirit, food plates, um, and where where our cultural values are similar to down here, and how this is never seen. Um, and I try to add um, in my work um, the space with with water. A beautiful glass decanter um, takes on some of that some of that energy. And when the client leaves, then the water's spilt, dumped, and then I replace it with fresh water for. Um, the next conversation with another client or colleague um, and then the water is spilt because the water is collective and it takes on the energy is what I learned in my uh, trauma classes at the Justice Institute. Also uh, being able to have uh, grandfather stones um, I embrace the idea, the ideology, ide the perspective of grief and loss. Um, I never say that your 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 my uncle is going on to a better place. I never say anything like that. It's about the it's about the client and and how they they perceive their loss and and the ability to try and understand how different cultural perspectives um, work with their grief and loss, and adding a layer of this is how um, West Coast Indigenous people in my territory and here in the Lower Mainland. Um, work with grief and loss is something that um, I feel very comfortable with in the month of November. And with COVID, um, I had a lot of collective uh, grief and loss and working through that uh, as a student and as a mother, uh, as a as a practitioner, um, working in the homeless shelters um, during COVID was was something that was a difficult, but also more of a safer um, place to provide the space um, for for mom 
homes, leaving abusive relationships, and that the COVID, you had to maintain a distance. It provided a space and being able to um, provide um, space and silence for the clients that I seen there um, really helped um, in the clients choosing uh, a narrative approach um, for those clients that I did see at the homeless shelter during COVID times. Um, it's an intense time and this is truly a learning curve for me that I will take extra, extra care to um, help our clients take care of themselves, for my children to take care of themselves, for my friends and colleagues. Um, a reminder for all of us to stop and take the time to uh, to take good mental health of our our beings and I understand I've come a long way but I still have more to witness and see that in the past intermittent 10 years that I have continued on this path of uh, child and youth care practitioner I would like to continue on to um, have my master's an Indigenous um, solo mom to be able to have her master's. I will be, I will be the first to have a degree in three generations of my family. And I would like to go on to get my master's, not for the sake of having a big, huge head, but for the sake of I have learned so much, and there's still so much more for me to relearn that that I that I respect um, child and youth care and that there is still so much research and knowledge and, and teachings that I because um, I'll be working into my 70s I had a um, in last year I had the opportunity to work alongside an 85 year old um, child and youth care worker uh, who lives next to the uh, U.S. border in Surrey and yeah I want that to be me I want to be working into into my 85th year um, but to the 70s as full-time and then after that um, to be able to help because this is my passion this is um, who I am I'm a helper in the community and CYC is such a diverse community globally. Um, I've been able to see the work that other CYCs do. And I think, at least I'm thinking about a master's for, for an Indigenous solo mom of two to come from an impoverished uh, family to have such strength in in the community and and a team of um, colleagues and classmates to have that support, um, I have a great space of support, supportive team in myself that I I appreciate all those who help hold me up as I help hold up other clients and families moving forward. Haichika OCM, yo. Good afternoon. Today is the um, 14th podcast and first and foremost I'd like to acknowledge the unceded territory of the Squamish, Tsleil-Waututh and Musqueam people on whose, on whose territory I live, study and play. 
I was talking to um, a number of people, um, indigenous women, uh, solo indigenous women, and youth, indigenous youth, this week. And I am also in that in that space of I was looking up um, tenacity um, I looked it up and it means courage spirit resolution tenacity means a mental or a moral strength to resist opposition, hardship. Courage implies firmness of mind and in the face of danger or extreme difficulty. Metal suggests an ingrained capacity for meeting strain or difficulty with fortitude and resilience. Spirit also suggests a quality of temperament enabling one to hold one's own or to keep up one's morale when opposed or threatened. Resolution stresses firm dis- determination to achieve one's end. The revolution of a pioneer woman. Tenacity adds to resolution implications of stubborn persistence and unwillingness to admit defeat held to their beliefs with great tenacity. And that is from the dictionary in Google. I was thinking about this because I have recognized and I have acknowledged um, that many of our indigenous people we do not ask for help. We do not say, I'm broke, I need money, I need somebody to help me. Mom, can you help me? That's not how we are not ingrained with that thought for help. I spoke with one of my past colleagues who I have known um, 80% of my life, I was 16 when I did my volunteer experience at, um, at an elementary school where she was a support worker. And she's still alive and gave me a, a call today. And I am so honored and blessed that as a first-time mom, her mom lived next to me and I am the same age as her son and uh, her mom also um, had her niece so many levels I've been around her family and my family has also been blessed in that she had worked with uh, my youngest son and my older son uh, when we did root, Roots of Empathy. So our lives are intertwined and, and blessed in that way, but this podcast is about tenacity. I, and like I said, it's about the, it's about the individuality. This podcast is about individuality of indigenous peoples I had um, I, I I became a new mom and I had no money I did not get an EI I I got what I top up from work and that's all I had to survive 
uh, for whatever reason, the government has me triggered to receive nothing and to deny me. And, um, like even deny my son's SIN card and even to deny, um, my, my taxes and, and now they're denying, uh, my youngest son's, uh, status. So that's for another podcast. So I don't, I don't, um, I don't, I don't post about those struggles that I have. I had achieved my uh, child and youth care diploma in Aboriginal Stream uh, five years ago. I graduated, and it was a, it was a glorious time. However, after that, I could not get a job. I applied within the school district from my previous job in Vancouver to Delta all the way out to Mission and I did not get a I did not get a youth worker job. It's funny you you try to re-enter the job force in a job you had previously done and I did not get hired and the only one that hired me was in mission but because I'd been with the school board for so long my supervisor uh, retired and I had no um, reference. And they would not hire me out in mission. And that's how far I went to try and return to familiarity. And that's what uh, uh, us Indigenous people had said before is that, you know, if, if we're, um, we stay with the familiar even if it hurts us physically, emotionally, um, spiritually, we, we stick with it because at least we know. We know that shit's going to come, but I'm prepared for it. Our indigenous people, um, we will endure the hardship without saying any anything. My past colleague um, had mentioned her her personal struggles of um, taking care of her mom and taking care of her her son and and her big family and and she barely had enough money for gas. She had no money for food, but she wasn't gonna dare tell anybody that she was uh, so spread so thin financially taking care of others that she didn't have time to take care of herself. Fortunately, um, after a long hardship, a long haul, she was able to work it out. But we don't tell people we're struggling. I struggle financially I had no money for mayonnaise today, and I yelled about it, and I thought, okay, I'll, I'll try and be creative and, and uh, make my own homemade, and it was liquidy. It said 30 seconds, but no, it didn't work, but I tried, and I was uh, what's known as hangry, and yeah, it's like 3.30, and, and I finally ate. So I'm not destitute. I am I am poor and after my diploma I was unemployable. I had a diploma but I, I, I didn't get anything. I didn't get a job um, that I could take care of my two children but I did try and I had no money to go to mission. I had a quarter tank of gas and that's it and uh, they, 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 um, what do you call that? Um, I, I, I had no money, I had no job, I wasn't on welfare, my EI ran out, and, uh, they repossessed the car. And, um, I don't know what I posted on Facebook. I didn't, I don't know what I said. Like I was 
optimistic and there was a thin layer of um, a thin layer of uh, financial hardship. In my college, came up with a used car. It was the same age as my youngest son. It was, you know, 13 years. Old, so if anybody has a used car out there, donate it to the college and they'll find an indigenous person who is in need. And that's how I got to um, the job interview and mission. I was just like floored. And when I, when I crossed the border, when I had child tax, I, I crossed the border and they're like, well, what are you doing driving a, an old car and, and a brand new license plate? And of course I told them and they're just like, they just gave you a car? So my college was very supportive. And at Christmas time, again, um, we had a uh, Christmas dinner and, and alumni are, are welcome to come and um, share their stories and celebrate. You know, we've made it through, uh, we've made it through winter, you know, the darker months and, and the coordinator asked if I was going to go and some classmates that were in the same field as me asking if we were going to go and, and we went, or I went, and I invited my aunt. You know, she was um, on uh, social assistance, and I invited my uh, bestie, a German friend, and we went in my uh, used car, and and the coordinator um, pulled me aside, and one of my um, in the same field, uh, classmates, and they all had smiles, and I'm just like, "What's going on?" And and they said, "We we've raised uh, $500 and some canned food, and we have some uh, presents for your children, and some uh, college uh, clothing." Yeah, I'd never been been blessed like that before. Even though I was down and out and struggling, um, the coordinator and classmates in my field recognized that, and so I got a car. I got five hundred dollars to be able to buy something for my kids. And I was able to pay the bills, and, and we had heat for the winter months, for, for December. We had some gift cards as well, um, but my ex-husband came over and, and stole those. So the little things that I was going to do for my kids um, were taken away um, in that regard. It's the first time I've, I've said anything about it, but yeah. Our, our people don't talk about it, but our people are good at witnessing the, the, the roller coaster ride and, and, and are able to pull ourselves together through uh, grief and loss and, and in celebration especially where we're so we're so woven with celebration and we're so woven with grief and loss and and I was talking with my um, past colleague and, and uh, her, her grandchild, her grandson had, had died. And to try and overcome that and work with children and work in the school and, and stay true to her culture. And uh, she even created her own name. She did not want a, a, a European name she wanted to create her own name and she did and such a beautiful name and she was teary-eyed as she 
she shared her her turmoil and her struggle of not being able to eat and 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 the colonized people don't don't think about you know um like are you okay you know financially okay to come in and do this uh craft workshop and and provide these supplies and um you know um Two income families, you know, can have it in a, a better light than a than a solo mom, <clears throat> solo parent can. And she, you know, and and she mentioned, oh yeah, you know, I don't have any money today. You know, I'll pay you next time, and you know, I'll catch you next time. And and when she finally did, um, my friend just said, forget it. You know, I've 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 overcome that that hurdle, and you know, if if you don't think about me, like I said, it's not about the it's not about the masses. It's about the individual story of our people, the individuality of of all that they overcome and surpass, and and this is what my past colleague did, and um, you know, a, a bittersweet friendship there. Um, the affluent people in society just don't don't are not able to witness the 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 struggles that uh solo parents have um like i'd said in previous podcasts you know i don't afford heat i can't afford heat so we don't have heat in the winter months um my children ask me if they could turn the heat on can i turn the heat on for a couple hours Yes, you can turn it on for a couple of hours, and they're very cognizant of turning it off. And, and if I forget to turn it off, or their brother gets forgets to turn it off, they turn it off, and they say, "Mom, so and so, you know, left the heat on, and I turned it off." And and that's that's how we survive. But an affluent family or a two-person family, you know, with a very good. Uh, job city job provincial job federal job they they don't they don't worry about finances and you know they don't they don't have to face the adversities uh we do and that wasn't the that wasn't the end of a bittersweet friendship but you know it it, it there was some there were some rough times and my past colleague um you know, that's hard to forgive. And again, this week, um, I talked with a, 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 not a young mom, but, uh, you know, an adult mom, and, and she talked about uh, her struggles. She lived at home, but her parents had no means, and, and she just left home at 19, and, and she lived in uh, Covenant House, and they took very good care, for, care of her. If you ever want to donate money, Covenant House is the place to put it, she said, and, and she kept, you know, um, hoping that, you know, she would have extra funds to be able to donate to them because they took very good care of her, so... I am very uh, happy to um, to put that forth on her behalf that Covenant House was a great place for her and um, she had no one and Covenant House was there. She now has a, uh, she has a, a city job and 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 she said, yeah, I'm I'm doing really well now. You know, I have good housing. I have, you know, even if there's an emergency, I I have those extra funds. I'm, you know, I'm really happy. I'm in a way better place now than I was when I was, when I was young. But I didn't ask anybody for help. And you know, here she was homeless. She had no job, and Covenant House was there to help support her and help help hold her up. So yeah, kudos to. Uh, Covenant House and 
I mentioned to her that, you know, at, at 40, 40 years old, I decided I, I didn't want to, you know, uh, have a city job. And yeah, I had a city job and uh, it wasn't able to help me take care of my two children um, in the best of ways. And I didn't want a district job, so that's why I um, went back to school part-time and, and I wanted to be the change. And this, this young, this, well, she's not young, but she was young at Covenant House and now she's um, thinking about going back to school and I said, do it, don't wait until you're 41 like I was and be 51 by the time you graduate because you can make so many changes to help, you know, support and advocate Covenant House and, you know, the other, the other, um, the other non-profit organizations that help hold you up, you know, the, the housing that you live in, you know, there's, there's so kind, so many kinds of things that you can, you can, uh, be able to help. And so I hope that, um, you are being the change that you are choosing to surpass um, and overcome and change, laugh and enjoy life by taking on a challenge and be the change. And, um, yeah, so tenacity tenacity to to make a change to be the change and my past colleague you know we we had talked about going back to school both of us when we go to our uh, monthly meetings we'd be like yeah I want to go to school and you know she's taking swimming lessons she has a pool she has a house she uh, remarried and has a beautiful house of five bedrooms and has her grandson with her and homeschooling him and she was just laughing in a joy and she's a gardener and five bedroom house and she's happy at 71 tenacity what a beautiful word for our people tenacity for struggle Tenacity for hope. Tenacity that things will always get better. Tenacity to be the change. May you have a great day, long weekend. Thank you for listening. And please don't forget, you can leave your messages on my podcast. Thank you very much. Wow. Thank you.